There we go. Now we're recording. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us for a new month of teen contemplation. Um, to get started, uh, the first thing that you'll need is to just make sure that your hot water is heating. If this is your first time joining us, we do make tea in the first part of our gathering and the tea making we do together. You know, so you just need, and I would say, you know, we're starting to get into warmer weather. So make sure that your water isn't super hot. You probably, even if you're making black tea, you probably don't even need boiling water. You know, it just needs to be hot enough. Um, and then, you know, a nice bowl or a cup that you would like to enjoy your tea in. And then loose leaf tea. We prepare the tea with this loose leaf inside our mug just to let the leaves feel free to swim around and we get really up close to our tea in this way. It allows us to put aside some of the extra work that might come from handling other teaware. So just gather anything that you think you need to bring into your space to facilitate the tea part. And once you find yourself gathered, everything that you need in front of you, I invite you to just make yourself comfortable wherever you're sitting. And you might be enjoying a nice seat on the floor, maybe in a little sun patch somewhere, or you're sitting on your sofa or in a chair in the kitchen. Maybe you're out on the patio, joining a little outdoor noise and air and sunshine. Just wherever you're at, allow yourself to notice that you've arrived, that we're actively transitioning now to a place where we can just pause, a place where we can consider the accessibility to stillness. So we don't have to be perfectly still in this moment. We just acknowledge that we are giving ourselves the space to fully rest come into a restful place. Allow yourself a moment to just observe the details of this restful space. Let's just notice little things like the pattern of the light in your room today, and how the air feels around you, how the air feels on your skin or how the air feels around the fabric of your clothing. And allow yourself to notice any sounds that are in your space. You don't have to try to feel like you have to shoo them away, that there must be complete silence. Just notice the sounds, embrace the sounds. And allow yourself to consider in this moment that whatever time it is when you're practicing this session with us right now, and if you're watching later, whatever day of the week it might be, just notice what it feels like in this time and this moment for you to come to your practice. Whereas how this feels in your body this particular time, 
need to assess that or analyze it, you know, debate with ourselves if a different time would be better or a different setup would be better, a different cushion, anything like that. Just, just notice how it feels. How do you feel right now without qualifying it? Let's invite ourselves to connect with our breath for a moment. Are we just placing both hands over the chest or one hand over the chest and one over the belly, whichever feels more comfortable. And allowing yourself to just take in a smooth, easy inhale and a slower than usual exhale. We're doing that a few times. Taking maybe a slightly deeper in-breath than the first time. And creating a little bit of texture, a little bit of resistance or sensation on the exhale going out. Allowing it to be nice and slow and luxurious. Might even like to exhale through the mouth if that feels comfortable. allow this too to also be a moment to acknowledge how you feel coming to your practice this particular time on this particular day. Now let's transition whenever you're ready to our tea. We're acknowledging and inviting in our tea. So a few clearing breaths and settling. We can pick up our tea that we're inviting into our space today. And you might have your tea in a package or in a little dish. Let's see if you can get it somewhere where you can be close to the leaves that you can actually touch them, that you can pick them up. Now we do this first part every time in our practice, this gentle handling of the leaf. It's not even really examining, it's just connecting. It's like petting the tea. But today, Something I'd like you to consider is when we go to pick up the tea and place it in the bowl, however much you're used to serving yourself, when you go to pick it up, what do you notice? How does it feel between the fingertips to pick up that particular size amount of tea? What signals does the body interpret and take in that tell you that this is enough for you today? This is how much you need today. And if you don't know how much you need, what does that feel like? What does it feel like to, to touch, or to pick it up and to hold in consideration of signals from the fingertips to the mind that we don't have a process or words for just yet? We're figuring out what that means. And now try picking up a different amount. Try something that is either a little smaller or a little larger than you're, than you're used to. What does that feel like to take something different? How does it feel today? To consider just something a little bit different. 
and now go the opposite direction. So if you took a little bit less, maybe you take something that's larger. If you took larger, take something that's much smaller than you used to. So how does the body respond? You might notice a sense of questioning somewhere, or resistance, pulling back, curiosity. Where do you feel it? And why do you think you feel it? And then setting the tea down for just a moment, allowing both hands to rest. Allow yourself to fully consider how much do you actually need today? Not the habitual motion that you're used to of taking a certain amount of tea. How much do you think you actually really need today in this moment as you know how you respond to this tea? And it's okay if you haven't worked with this particular tea before, you're not sure how it feels for you to sit with it, that's okay. But just open yourself up to the consideration that you can, you can ask and you can make a different choice. Whenever you feel ready, just taking how much you think you need today and placing that in your bowl. And setting your tea aside, go ahead and get your kettle. If you need to move in your space, go to another area to get your hot water, feel free to do so. Once you do have your kettle in hand, we just pause here for a moment just to notice and feel the weight of the water that we hold inviting ourselves to come back once again to that present moment. Just notice this transition before tea begins. And then whenever you're ready, slowly adding water over the leaves. Filling up the cup as much as you think you'd like today. You can always add more water later. You know, it's just that consideration of allowing yourself to ask the question, how much do you actually think you need? Whenever you have finished adding the water over your tea, and setting the kettle down and turning your attention to what is happening inside your bowl today, and particularly noticing if it is different than what you're used to. If you made a different choice today for how much you think you need, even just from this very first consideration of just purely how much tea to use. And the series of subtle things that happen in the 
body and in the mind as a result of just that one decision. So what do you notice about color of the water? The space that the leaves take up? The formation of the leaves as they take up space in the bowl. If you chose more tea today, for example, Maybe the leaf at the bottom of your bowl looks like a little hillside. And you can see that there's layers of leaves. There's the leaves on the surface and then probably some underneath that little mound there. If you chose less tea, you might even be able to see space at the bottom of the bowl. Each of the leaves having full room to spread out. If the cup feels like a comfortable temperature, to go ahead and pick it up. Go ahead and do so. And bring the tea to our nose to pause and notice our breathing with the tea. Notice the aroma that we breathe in and notice how it affects the depth and the pace of our own breath. And here too, we see the changes that come into play with our initial decision affecting the aroma of the tea. How potent it is, how light it is, if it has edges to it and texture or if it's whisper soft. So what do you notice about the fragrance of your tea today and how it communicates with your own breath. Is that serving you today? Is that something that is helpful for you? Inviting yourself to take a good few breaths, series of cycles of breaths, being slow with this tea to really notice that little shift that might be happening as you're breathing with the tea. In, in between, you might like to lower the cup for a moment, breathe in the air around you in the room again. Notice the difference. 
notice how that feels to be really up close and focusing on one particular thing and then to zoom back out to take in the rest of what's around you. And if you feel like you would like to take a sip of tea at this point, you're very welcome to do so. Just moving at your own pace and time, taking a first sip. Nice and slow. Allowing the mouth to really feel the sensation of not only this particular tea, but this tea made in the way that you've chosen today, that you chose for yourself. So noticing what points inside the mouth, we feel this tea inside the cheeks, along the gums, over and under the tongue, how we feel it as we swallow, and we still smell it too. And notice the first thing that comes to mind for you after this first sip of tea. If it is anything that might resemble an assessment, a judgment call. Or wondering about what happened if you made a change to how you make your tea today. And if that emotion or if that feeling, that kind of curiosity is there, try to see if you can be open and gentle with it. Becoming curious in our practice at asking the questions and wondering what we can do differently, why the results are the way that they are, that's all part of the learning process. But there's a difference between that and judging yourself for how you do your practice, for questioning if you did something wrong, if it's not good enough, it's not accurate enough, it's not the result that you wanted. When you're ready, take a second sip. This time, see if you can notice more details. See if some of the maybe cloudiness of thoughts in the mind can part a little, can clear up. Is there some way 
as you sip your tea and consider each sip, how it feels, how the fragrance lingers, how the breath and the body respond. Is there some way that this tea is meeting you where you're at today? How does it demonstrate for you if it's enough for you? And if it's not enough in some way, how does it demonstrate that? But allow yourself the time to ask the question. As you get closer to the leaves at the bottom of the bowl, you may be noticing some changes in the flavor and aroma of impact of this tea today. Often we pause here to just notice how we feel as we're interacting with something that's changing, something that's not in one state the whole time. It's not predictable. Consider for a moment, why is that important to you? If it is important to you, why does it matter to notice something that's changing during our practice, to be able to ask about it? Why does that matter to you? Consider the gentleness you can bring into your questioning. The space, the graciousness that you can extend to yourself to dig deeper into the nature of why you do what you do. How much is enough? How do you feel about the concept of enough? As we move into our contemplation for today, starting the beginning of this journey this month with just asking ourselves, how much do we actually need?
It might be helpful to start today's uh, contemplation by considering like what we really mean by practice because it's kind of at the heart of our May uh, themes. A lot of the uh, brainstorming that Suze and I were doing around this set of subjects is about just thinking about our own practices and uh, some of the <clears throat> dilemmas and paradoxes and tensions that come up for us. This word practice is just so general um, and it can mean so many different things to a lot of different people. Sometimes when you're around um, maybe a group of people that all practice in a similar way, the word is thrown around and we all know what it means. It's like, oh, my practice. And what is your practice? Oh, my practice, practice, practice. I sound like Alan Iverson right now. Um, <clears throat> so the, uh, I was thinking about this question, like what is practice really um, in, a, in a general way? Uh, and it made me think that, that maybe we're always attempting to practice, but often in our lives, and maybe in most of our waking experience, uh, there is something that feels more primary or pressing or urgent than this intention to practice. Um, when we have work that needs to get done, uh, obligations to take care of, people or other beings to take care of, uh, that comes, at least in my mind, it's like that comes first. And if I'm really, uh, if I'm really on my game, then I'm also practicing while I'm doing that. Um, but often I'm off my game and I have to remember at some point, oh, I have a practice, right? I have, I have a practice. Let me... Let me get back to practicing. So then within that sort of flow of life, there are these shorter periods of time that are just practice. And so what does that mean? You know, what, is, what does it mean to practice without... Um, I think for me what it means is like, to, to be engaged in something that does not have um, external obligation or responsibility. So um, it can be solitary, although it doesn't have to be. Um, and I think that it's sort of a time where I'm, I'm working with things, perhaps tea or my body or text. Um, for me, paint. <laughs> uh, I'm working with things in a way that is not related to maybe external facing goal or um, there isn't a project that needs to be accomplished. Um, and so I think I just want to highlight that these spaces are entangled the space of like being in the world and the space of practicing are entangled. And for me and many other people, it is also useful to have some sort of like period of time in the day where they are not entangled. And this could be like the space of, you might think of it as like a space of ritual, um, a space of meditation, 
it can frame it a lot of different ways. So today we have this opposition or complementary pair of uh, technique and intention that we're considering. Technique and intention. And I think I want to start by just sharing a little bit of my own personal experience with getting involved in yoga practice. I, I came to yoga practices um, as someone that certainly had some body pain that I was hoping to resolve, but also as a person with some pretty severe psychological uh, turbulence. And I was sort of getting frustrated with the limitations of uh, the paradigm of psychology and psychopharmacology. Um, still working within them, but also feeling like, gosh, there's a lot, there's a lot within this box that isn't being addressed. Um, had some inkling about the philosophies of Ayurveda and, uh, and of yoga, and so I kind of just wandered in the door, hoping to find some healing, and I did um, pretty quickly. You know, it's kind of amazing uh, how the yoga practices can be effective. So I found myself in a... Um, so maybe let me just backtrack. So my intention really is healing, I would say. My intention was to heal. And then I came into a space that offered me this really broad array of techniques. So the, the context that I was in at that time was this Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga context. And, and it's a very, very physically intense form of yoga. So there's lots and lots of postures. Um, Lots of, like if you're in a room where people are practicing this, there is a lot of sweat. It's a very hot room um, just by virtue of people's body heat. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and the thing is, there's, there are like six, I think there are six series of postures that each involve several dozen postures. And they just get more and more insane as you, as you progress, right? So like when you start, maybe you're like a normal person, but if you get to like the third series, you could be an acrobat. You could be an acrobat if you wanted to. Um, Cirque du Soleil, you know, is accepting your applications. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I experienced so much benefit in the healing context for a while. And then at a certain point, it felt like my, uh, my consciousness around this stuff became overwhelmed by technique. Um, all of these little things that I had to try to learn to make sure I didn't hurt my shoulders from all the repetitive movements, um, all of the subtle aspects to try to get into these incredibly deep twists and other postures that maybe didn't feel like I'm in a body that they're meant for. Right? And so there was a period of struggle. And then I think at a certain point, I just realized that I had lost my intention, really. That my, my uh, frame 
had had been shifted in a sense by the technique. It's like I'm in I'm in social circles suddenly, where all we're talking about is like physical pain and what postures people are working on. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't care at all about this. <laughs> you know, it was sort of like a like how did I how did I get here? <laughs> um, and so that's the subject today, right? Where like <clears throat> intention is sort of this this orient this tool of orientation and it's a it's a question that i ask people when i'm when i'm teaching classes it's part of my sort of initial introduction what is your intention for practice today you know because if your intention is to rest maybe maybe the handstand that we do in the middle of the class is not that useful for you And you know, there's, there are these intentions that I feel that I have as, as one leaf on the tree of this culture. There are intentions that are really much more expansive than the limitations of this body. Intentions that relate to how I perceive my context and what it might mean to be an agent of healing in a larger and expansive sense. So that my practice is not just about healing my body, but my practice is about being someone who is involved in healing. And so that also brings me back to how much do you need? You know, how flexible does this body really need to be to do the work that I want to do in the world, right? Am I increasing my flexibility to become more comfortable in my body? Or am I increasing my flexibility to accomplish a particular posture, for example? And so the thing when we're working with teachers or even in community, right? People that might um, have charismatic influence on us, right? Happens all the time. It's just charismatic folks out there. Right? Um, people have the ability to sort of shift our frame, you know? And that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a really good thing. But I think maybe just being aware of the way in which um, our context and the, the community that we participate in might be shifting the, um, the frame of our intent. And so this is a kind of back and forth, push and pull dynamic to be, just be aware of. Many of the practice traditions that uh, we engage with are solitary practice traditions, and, or at least they, they involve a lot of solitude. Um, and, you know, it's worth thinking about how getting involved in a practice of solitude 
in a culture that really struggles with alienation and isolation, what are the, what are the blind spots there? So today, I encourage you to just consider if you feel that you are in touch with intention in relation to whatever you might consider your practice. And just because I'm not very good at remembering that I'm practicing all the time doesn't mean that you are. Maybe you don't need much solitary practice. And so just considering what it means to be practicing for you, what, is that, what does that actually mean? now when we talk almost almost yeah <laughs> usually what i do is play this little drum for a moment and then we open it up Thank you for joining us for Tea and Contemplation. Um, I don't think that I have any specific references from my share that I need to um, put here. But if you have any questions and you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at info at adamgrassi.com. My last name is spelled G-R-O-S-S-I. And I'll pass it over to Suze. Thank you, good friend. You can reach me at Suze, S-O-O-Z, very phonetic, makes it easy, at beingtea.com. Teen Contemplation is hosted as a live gathering every Friday morning. So if you ever feel like practicing with some community and getting to know folks and being in the moment together, you are very welcome to join us sometime. We hope to see you soon.